As you know, I'm not a fan of the dick. <laughs> it's just, do not use that as the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas minions and ships. Welcome to episode 104 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host Justin Corbett, and with me is what the fuck you call him a hoe? You <laughs> ho 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 ho. Actually, uh, <laughs> I don't give it up. <laughs> Got to work for it. You're a hoe for show. No, <laughs> I am the great Lord. Don't give it up, Horse Decles. Well, you know, sleeves. Well, sleeves might give it up. You, you got those multiple personalities. At least, <laughs> at least three of them are hoes. Nice. <laughs> Who the hell's a hoe? Sleeves, please. Bubba. Bubba ain't getting no action. <laughs> <laughs> but he would if he could. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, we have a lot to go over today. It's our Christmas special as well as our end of the year review episode. Uh, we just finished watching and live tweeting our He-Man and the Masters of the Universe live action movie. Oh. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, I know you don't actually like the movie that much, but you enjoyed tweeting about it with everybody, right? You know, it's been so long that I haven't seen that movie that I actually kind of liked it a little bit. <laughs> it wore on me like, what the hell is wrong with me? I told you it's not that bad. I'm supposed to hate this movie. <laughs> it was so cheesy. Oh, oh my it's god, ex- it's extremely cheesy, but it's also a lot of fun. Like I, I really enjoyed uh, tweeting about it and yeah, making like, fun of all the really goofy parts and uh, so many things I didn't even remember about the movie, like the fact that Tila complained about eating meat. And then she's a vegan. Yeah. And then uh, the one scene where they're very pro-feminism and she's just like, I am a Tila woman at arms. Yeah. <laughs> God, they stole from so many 80s movies. I felt like I was watching Mortal Kombat, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, <laughs> The Terminator. But, you know, it, it was okay. The guys tweeting with us and the gals tweeting with us made it fun. Yeah, it was definitely a blast. And we do this every year. Every year we try to do one movie to do a live tweet about towards Christmas time. Uh, this year was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I don't really know what we're going to do next year. It's your choice, actually. So you have to think about it, and we'll try to decide sometime like January, February yeah, so you we know. can get copies. And, and hopefully throughout the year, next time, we'll be able to give away more copies. So everybody between so us So everybody again. will be able to participate and, and join in. Because uh, we did that the first year with the Christmas special. Yeah. So I got a good idea. I'll just say it now so everybody can go get their copies right now. We'll do Twilight the New Moon. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> hey, it's my choice. <laughs> it has to you got to sit through it. It has to be something that's related to the show. Oh, the thing has been referenced so many times in the show, and you don't let it go. There you go, you bastard. I win. I've I got only, you. I've only ever referenced the first one. If you oh, wanna, whatever. But, I mean, you want to pick something that people are going to want to watch as well. Oh, like, they'll tweet about this because they'll, they'll crap on it 24-7. <laughs> but they have to actually go and buy a copy of Twilight. No, nobody's going to go spend the money to own a copy of Twilight. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. You, you want as many people as p- possible to participate. So you want to pick something that's like an action movie or... That's why I was leaning toward... Honestly, I was leaning toward Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon could be really cool. That would be fun. That's going to be an amazing movie. I love Flash Gordon. Okay. Okay. We can tentatively say ah. Flash Gordon ah, <laughs> as, our, as our goal for 2016. So Gordon is alive. <laughs> yeah. That could be fun. Well, anyways, we do have a lot to go over, so let's move on from that Holy and crap. talk some comics. All righty, man. What were your top two this week? Hey, man, number two this week was Beauty Number 5 by Jeremy Hahn and Jason A. Hurley. It was good. Yeah, they start to get the cure, and Home Chick takes it, and what the fuck? <laughs> I, okay, it's cool. It's like they're trying to find a cure. 
So they're working together, working with these other people in this. Well, there's two groups. There's like a resistance group that has some cops involved. Yeah. And they're trying to find the cure and find a way to distribute it to everybody to stop this spread of this beauty. If you don't know what the beauty is, it's basically this STD that whenever you catch it, it uh-huh. makes you beautiful. So there's a lot of people that have actually gone out and intentionally gotten the disease. A lot of these people in this world wish they had the uh, beauty STD. Because it basically <laughs> melts off all your fat and makes you really pretty and all that kind of stuff. Problem is, you also spontaneously combust at some point. So He's on fire! The cops are trying to keep that from happening, which is why they've allied themselves with this uh, rebel group. Well, because the cop wound up getting a beauty, too. Right, because some of the cops caught it, and they want to make sure they don't die. Uh, alternatively, there's this other organization that their goal is to keep the cure from ever being released. Like they want to make money off of it by treating the symptoms and rather than actually getting rid of it. So they have these assassins that are working for them that are tracking them down. And like you said, they do find the cure or they think they do. And one of the cops volunteers to be the test subject, but it doesn't really work. Uh, they think it's going to work like the flu. It's going to make her sick and then her body's going to purge itself of the beauty disease. Uh, instead it turns her into some kind of xenomorph alien looking thing. It's it's pretty crazy. Dude, what the hell's up with the other guy, though? What the guy that says. The guy that made the other guy get the beauty guy get naked, and he's like... He's the, he's the, he's the serial this. killer assassin. Like He's the leader of the other group. That guy's freaking weirdo. I'm going to touch you all over. I'm like, what the freak? Yeah. And then when he does, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, he cut a guy all to pieces just so he could like feel up his body or whatever. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, investigating how the beauty affects the internal organs or something. He's make me vomit. Don't, don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know, but he's definitely a bad dude. Yeah, he is. Kind of remind me a little of you. Nice. <laughs> but that was my number two. What was your number two? I, I don't want to touch you all over. Don't you touch me. I let you touch nothing on me, <laughs> even though I am a beauty. Yeah, but uh, what was your say, number two? I didn't say all that. <laughs> <laughs> my number two is actually I Hate Fairyland number three from Scotty Young. Uh, I Hate Fairyland is a real fun new story they came out with a few weeks ago. It's a Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. Like this girl falls through a rabbit hole, ends up in this strange, mysterious, magical land, gets given a, a special sidekick and told she has to find a key this magic key that will allow her to escape from this world. Uh, 27 years go by, and she's not very smart, so she hasn't figured out how to get to the key, plus a lot of people keep hindering her and whatnot, and she doesn't age, like, physically. Her, her brain ages, so she's 27 years old and cranky and pissed off that she's stuck in this world, but her body's still that of a little girl, and she has magical powers, too. She basically can't die. She heals herself from all these different wounds that are inflicted upon her and stuff, and she just kind of goes around terrorizing Fairyland because she's so pissed off that she can't find a way to escape. She's awesome. And the funny thing is, the leader, the ruler of Fairyland, this queen, can't actually do anything to harm her until she finds the key. So she keeps trying to hire outside contractors to come in and kill her, and none of that's working. Uh, so she devises this new plan to invite a smart little girl into the world <laughs> because if they bring a smart little girl and give her all the benefits they can, like special powers and different weapons and like an actual useful helper instead of a drunkard... <laughs> Uh, she might actually be able to find the key first, and if she does, then that will negate the first contract with the first girl they brought through, Gertrude. Uh, so if they negate that, then the queen will finally be able to get her revenge and kill off the, the main character of the story. So they invite this happy-go-lucky, super-intelligent little girl. They give her the ability to shoot these like deadly rainbows out of her arms. They give her a helper who's really helpful. And in one day, she manages to get just as far as Gertrude has in 27 years, <laughs> which really pisses Gertrude off. And they have like a showdown where the new girl thoroughly whoops Gertrude's ass. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, just... It was a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this series. If you haven't checked it out and you like kind of a twist on Alice in Wonderland, I think you'll enjoy it. It's cool, man. I like Gertrude. She's a little strange, but she's cool. <laughs> well, she's, just, she's just real bitter. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just really good. What was your number one? Number one. Uh... It's going to be Vader Annual number one by Kieran Gillian and 
Lionel, Lionel U. I can never pronounce this. It's a weird name, it's man. Kieran Gillen uh-huh. and Lionel U. That doesn't look like Lionel. It's what it is. You, just, you wrote it down wrong. <laughs> no, I know how to spell Lionel. <laughs> it, it is Lionel. That's interesting. Yeah. Dude, it's pretty cool. It's re- like it showcases Vader being a total dick to everybody. <laughs> but it's like these people tried to kill him. The, yeah. uh, the, the guy's like, you're going to be this person. You're, my three kids are going to be this, and you are going to give your blood to his third girl in a different way. And well, Vader. There's, there's this planet that's been under the Empire's influence for a while, but they're also showing some ties to the Rebellion. So Vader goes down there to reinforce oh, yeah. their allegiance to the Empire. And the youngest daughter of the king of this world is sent to be Vader's guide. And she's taking him where he's supposed to be to show him their progress on developing uh, uh, tools for the Empire. And as they're going along, they get attacked by what Vader assumes are rebels, or what Vader's supposed to think are rebels. But really, the king is playing both sides. The king's made him think that the Empire is you know, who they're loyal to, but really, it's the rebellion. So his sons go to fight Vader, his people go to fight Vader, and Vader wipes the floor with all of them. Of course! And the only one he doesn't kill is the princess, because she was honest about the whole thing. He does cut off her hand. That's kind of a fuck you. <laughs> well, he likes her because she's loyal. Yeah. And what she does, she just she doesn't care. Because he knows she's going to, like, die in the process, too, but she, that's what she was to do. Yeah. So that's why he had, like, kind of respect for her. But he, he gets caught in this trap where lava's pouring into this room. and It's he's a trap. To, he's supposed to not have a way out, but he does because he's a lightsaber. He cuts a hole in the wall and escapes and makes it straight to the king's quarters, kills the king, kills all the king's people, and then places the youngest daughter on the throne, gives her her crown and says, you're in charge now, and you're going to do what the Empire says or else. And uh, then he pulls out this present he brought with him and gives it to her and says, this is a gift to remind you of who you oh, should be loyal to. That was, that was yeah. <laughs> and she opens it up and it's a big rock and she's like, what is this? And he goes, this is a piece of Alderaan just to remind you what happens to planets that don't do what we say. <laughs> I was like, damn! <laughs> it was great. It was really good. I Love mean, me some Vader. All the Star Wars stories have been great so far. Yeah, Vader was badass, man. Especially The Force Awakens. Hey, we're going to talk about that today, too? We'll talk about that in a little bit. The guy's a bitch. Vader's the man. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about all that. He's a bitch. Well, what was your number one, man? Uh, my number one was actually Huck number two from Mark Millar and Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, Huck, if you don't know, he's the simpleton mechanic who lives in this small town and finds things for people and helps them out. Well, it got leaked to the press that he was a superhero, so all the people showed up to try to interview him and find out information about him and stuff, and they they started harassing him, and he doesn't really know how to do with it because he is a simpleton. He's, like, sitting in his house, rocking back and forth, like, not sure what to do, and all the people from the town that support him and, and want to protect him have all gathered there to try to tell him it's going to be okay and try to find a way to sneak him out and get him to safety. Well, he starts scanning the crowd of people outside because he has x-ray vision, apparently. One more power we didn't know about. And he finds a woman who is obviously in need of help. So he walks straight through the crowd of reporters and goes straight up to her and says, you look like you need something. What Can I help you somehow? Because he's really just a good, genuine person. And she's like, yeah, my, my husband's been missing for five years. He's probably dead, but I, I really just need to know for closure. And Huck's like, okay, I'll, I'll help you find him. And then other people start coming out of the crowd and asking him to help find all kinds of things. Lost brothers, lost lovers, lost puppies. And he's like, yes. And he writes them all down on a list and says, I'll help all of you however I can. And so the reporters start asking him what his real power is. And he says, it's basically to find things. Like, I'm really good at finding things. So they try to keep track of him <laughs> as he goes to find the first one, which is a husband. And he's, you know, running at the speed of light and jumping on trains. And, you know, they, they can't really keep up with him. But they do find him in front of the building before he goes in. And they all follow him in there. And then he knocks on the door and the door opens. And it's the husband of the first woman who apparently left her <laughs> 
for a younger woman yes and got caught well he saw him coming he's like we got to leave yeah. <laughs> uh it's, it's just such an interesting take on the all-powerful superhero you know it's superman that's very down to earth and very like simple but, but with a good heart like there's no there's no conflict within him he just knows what he wants to do and he goes and he does it and he doesn't really see the good or the bad in people he just wants to help people regardless of their situation so I really enjoy it. I just think it's such a different and unique take. It's good. I like it. It's really heartfelt. But now they added a little twist to it. Now is that is that woman? Yeah, there's that one scene at the very end. Um, I don't want to spoil it in case anybody's reading it. But that last scene, it is going to add some some new layers to the story. So. Yeah, because you see her earlier in the book and what she's doing. And you're like, oh. I'm not even talking about her. I'm talking about the the guy. At the yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just great. If you haven't read Huck yet, they're only on the second issue. I'm sure you can find the first issue on standstill. Go pick it up. It, it really is one of uh, Mark Millar's best series to date. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so moving on, what was your pick of the week? I think it's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Lucifer number one by Holly Black and Lee Garbett. I actually did not read this one, so let me know what this is all about. Well, the devil's in town. Okay. <laughs> the devil. Comes, I could have guessed that part. <laughs> <laughs> the devil comes back. He's riding the car, and everything starts going to hell. People are fighting. People are stabbing. The world's going to shit, going nuts. You see that Gabriel has fallen, uh, lost his wings. And so then the other angels are like, they come to get him. And they uh, said, you know, even though you laid with a demon or whatever, what now you lost your holiness, we got a chance for you to earn your wings back and your halo back. You need to come with us. And like, it's like, what the hell should I go with you for? You don't want me in the glory world anymore. The hell with you. But he does go with the angels eventually. And you don't see Lucifer really doing much. He's kind of like looking around and searching for something. Well, they get up there and uh, they go to Metatron. They see Metatron. Metatron's like dogging on him. And Gabe doesn't take the shit and gives it back. And he's like, go look through that hole and you'll see glory or whatever. They look at it and, and Gabriel is shocked. God is dead. And they don't know who the hell did it. Yeah. And so they gave Gabriel a flaming sword and they told him to go after Lucifer. Figure Lucifer is the guy who did it. He's the one that hates him the, the most. Right. So he, he finds Lucifer in a bar and shit's about to go down, man. And like Lucifer's like, really? You? <laughs> whatever. And so they're like trying to spar, but then uh, Gabe knows he's bleeding. And so Lucifer teams up with Gabriel. Uh, he winds up figuring out that Lucifer didn't do it. And so because of he's going to help because of the, because he's wounded too. And he's like, I'm going to help you. He's like, why? Because I'm the only one that gets to kill him. And he was also my father too. So you see him sparking some shit up. And so they're trying to track down who did it. So you don't know who the hell did this. Yeah. I think this story runs kind of parallel to the events in the TV series. We did watch the pilot mm -hmm. and it had kind of a similar story to it. Um, it sounds really cool. I, I do intend to read it. I yeah, I'm not giving it enough enough thing, but it's really it's really cool because you, the, you know, it's just weird. I mean, like I said, the devil's on. He came back. The devil's on the planet. Oh, and the shit that's going on in hell too. Like Lady Lucifer or whatever her name is. <laughs> she's like, my lo my ladies, my ladies. The guy runs up. Lucifer's back, and she's like, yeah, and what? I can still punk his bitch ass. I mean, seriously. It's like, who the hell is this chick? She looks pretty badass, and it ends there. You piece of craps. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued. I was like, holy crap. Sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. What was your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is actually Squadron Supreme number one from James Robinson and Leonard Kirk. I thought it was your nose. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's pick of the day, man. Pick of the day. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> no, my pick of the week, uh, Squadron Supreme, was just incredible. Um, we talked about it before. It kind of spoiled a little bit that Namor gets killed in this issue. Score! Uh, so the Squadron Supreme, which is Hyperion, Nighthawk, Dr. Spectrum, uh, The Blur, and one other, uh, and uh, I can't remember Wonder Woman's version's name. It's like Warrior Woman or something. I can't remember her name. Uh, the five of them, anyways, team up, and they're all from different worlds, and they all have they all want revenge on 
Black Panther and Namor for destroying their planets and destroying their universes. They've come out of Secret Wars with all their memories intact. They know that Namor is the person responsible because he was the one that held the Infinity Gauntlet and did the damage. So they want to get revenge on him, and they do. They go and they attack Atlantis, and Hyperion's like, I'm going to destroy your city. He's like, if you want to leave, you can. Anybody except for Namor, but your city's getting destroyed because you destroyed our world. So he flies underneath the ocean, picks up Atlantis, flies into the air, and then smashes it into the ground. <laughs> what a dick. Which was pretty awesome. Yeah, still a dick move. <laughs> I mean, they blew up his universe. Shit happens, man. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> uh, and then Namor, of course, you know, tries to put up a good fight against everybody else, but you know, they, they hold him down, and Hyperion basically cuts his head off with his laser beam eyes, and they finally feel a little bit sated. Uh, they're still going after Black Panther and some of the other people that are responsible, I think. But it was pretty awesome to see them get their revenge. And I've always loved this team. Um, I, I'm especially a big fan of uh, Nighthawk and Hyperion. Uh, I love that they're in this universe, and I love that brutal versions of them are in the main Marvel universe now. Really looking forward to seeing more of this. I can't wait till Black Panther bitch slaps him. I mean, I don't think anybody's bitch slapping this Hyperion except for somebody <laughs> like the Sentry. <laughs> Black Panther ain't no wuss, man. He's no Hyperion, though. That is true. Yeah. Eh, he's still a dick. And Night- Nighthawk <laughs> is basically Batman. Batman beats Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. The real Batman. Yeah. Well, Nighthawk <laughs> is Marvel's Batman. I, I feel like the, the, there's a good fight there between the two of them. So superior on Superman? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> What's ass? Uh, but I liked it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I know you're going to like it. I knew it from the beginning. It's like, this is going to be his pick of the week or his number one or some shit. I know. <laughs> I, well, like, I, I love there's this one scene in there where they announce themselves to the world and they're like, we're going to put a stop to all crime. We're the squadron Supreme. All the, all the Avengers teams, all these other people, they're all too sissy about the way they go about getting shit done. We're going to fix the problems in this world. And then for months, they have a very punisher like mentality. They go around and find people that are fucking stuff up and just kill them. That's the only thing I like <laughs> about the book is that they do have that punisher mentality. And, and I do like how they said, you guys are a bunch of wusses and we're going to kick ass. Yeah. That I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. And I didn't want to say this, but it was my number four. It was almost going to crack the top three. Very cool. Uh, and then, of course, at the end, Captain America, old old Captain America, Steve Rogers, tries to get the Uncanny Avengers team to go after the Squadron Supreme to try to put them in their place because he doesn't like this whole yeah. kill all the bad guys approach they're taking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I thought it was great all around. Uh, definitely my favorite of all the new, all new, all different Marvel titles. It's a good book. I really liked it. Got to give it up to him. It's a good book. And you're right. Brutal is better. Yeah. <laughs> Always. That should, should be our slogan. Brutal is better. No! <laughs> that goes bad with a lot of the crap we say on this show. <laughs> brutal is better. <laughs> have, happy Brutal brutal Xmas. <laughs> no, brutal. <laughs> I don't think the one's going to want to celebrate that Xmas. <laughs> well, let's move on. We do have a couple ways you guys can support the show. Brutally. Brutally. <laughs> uh, number one is by going to patreon.com slash comical podcast and donating directly to the show. It's real easy to do. All you have to do is connect your Facebook account to it, set it up. You can donate as little as a dollar a month all the way up to whatever amount you want. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars. We'll take it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's brutal. <laughs> it is brutal, but it makes our lives better. Uh, we did have a lot of people kind of pitch in and support us this week. Yeah. And I want to say thank you to each and every single one of those people. So number one, Gabriel Salazar from Black Forest Comics. Hell yeah! Uh, he gave us so much money. I wasn't expecting anything near that uh, high of amount of a donation. Was it in uh, pesos? No. Okay. No. But it, it pushed <laughs> us over our requested goal. I mean, we wanted $30 a month to pay for our hosting fees. And because of him, we met it, which is just Sweet. awesome. 
I, I can't say thank you enough, Gabriel. That that means the world to us that you love the show so much. And uh, you will be getting a thank you card in the mail as well as a personalized merman thank you. Of course. Uh, in, your, in your email later this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I told you that guy was awesome. I met him. I went into his shop. I got an infection. I mean, <laughs> it's a great place. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the tattoo infection that's came from. That's where the infection came from. Seguin, <laughs> Texas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I told you Gabe was an awesome guy. And this was not his requirement, but uh, and I shouldn't say this, but eventually he's going to join us. I mean, we made the decision he's going to join us on the show. We're going to have a lot of podcasts that will be joining us, and we'll be joining them here in, in 2016. We're doing a lot of crossovers and interviews and that kind of stuff, So, just like last year. Yeah, so we appreciate that, man. Who was number two? I'm all uh, excited. Number two, Claire Sewell, uh, who is the host of the Crazy Cat Podcast. Meow. Uh, it's actually a really fun show. She does all kinds of really interesting interviews with people that own cats, especially like famous cats. I know she goes to cat conventions and goes Say to what? cat cafes. I mean – there's all kinds of things for people out there that are huge cat fans. And There's a cat convention? Yeah. No way. Yeah, basically anything you want to know about cats, Claire is the person to go to. Dude, I'm bringing my black cat. Uh, and the name of her show, again, is Crazy Cat Podcast. She's been a, a friend of the show since Comic Palooza this past year. Big time supporter, and she donated as well. Uh, I can't say thank you enough, Claire. It means the world to us. And again, you will be getting a personalized merman thank you. And I said this before, and I said it to you, but I'm going to say this on air. She has to be... The nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, she's really nice. I mean, really, really nice. And love the podcast. And love oh, the fact that she gave us a shout out a long, long time ago. Oh, she gave us. A, she interviewed Mark Marin. Yeah, and, and he, gave us yeah. a shout out on the same episode. Like, that was wow. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't checked out her show and you are a fan of cats and, and you want to know all kinds of interesting little factoids about them, uh, definitely check out Crazy Cat Podcast. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Who's number three? Number three is Horse Mini Number One himself, Chris Ryder. Yes. The writer, uh, the author and artist of the Horse Minions comics that we put out every single week. Uh, if you never checked those out, you can find them on our website, comicalpodcast.com. I think there's like 60 of them now. Uh, so go check those out. Give Chris a shout out on Twitter. His handle is Baron underscore Kreider, C-R-Y-D-E-R. And tell him you know how much you enjoy his artwork. He does a great job, but I think like you and I both said before that he must really like the sleaze because the sleaze gets the really good drawings i'm just saying Every, everybody <laughs> likes the sleaze what? <laughs> brutal <laughs> and then last but certainly not least we've mentioned him before but we haven't given him the the proper shout out that he deserves mr seal adams ah uh, he himself has started a podcast very recently called the bearded beacon podcast uh, it's all about nerd culture him and a friend of his uh so go check that out it's it's pretty cool and thank you seal for all your support and for joining along with us in the live tweet today and everything else. Uh, you know, you haven't been a fan that long, but you've really, really been involved since you became a fan, and we greatly appreciate it. And we'll be going on his show, too. Yeah, we'll be doing a cameo on his show at some so, point in the future. Man, I'll tell you what. You know when he first announced this thing, and I was looking for his uh, his Twitter handle and everything else, for the Bearded Beacon? For some reason, I was typing in the Bearded Bacon. I'm like, just don't make any <laughs> sense to me. Why the hell would Bacon have beards? But, you know, I don't know. He's got a beard, too. So Beards and Bacon podcast. That could, that could work. <laughs> okay, <it's> cast. <laughs> nothing wrong with a little bacon. Just no, saying, uh, there ain't nothing wrong with bacon, but the beard just gets in the way. No, bacon grease in the beard just doesn't Fla work. Flavor saver. Flavor saver. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a bacon bit here. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Sweet man. Hey, thanks, Seal. We appreciate it. He is a loyal minion. He is. Thank you to everybody. We appreciate it so much. And anybody that wants to contribute, we still really appreciate it. Again, that's Patreon.com/slash Comical Podcast. Alternatively, if you don't want to uh, donate through Patreon. We do have merchandise for sale. Merch! You can go to cafepress.com slash comical podcast. It's probably a little late to order it in time for Christmas, uh, but you could try. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I know Miguel really wants to get a hoodie, so... I haven't started that uh, GoFundMe account yet. I will, though. If anybody wants to just buy him the hoodie, I think he'd really appreciate that, too. No, I don't want them to buy me the hoodie. <laughs> I, I don't want one person to buy me the hoodie. I want the fans to buy me the hoodie. He wears a, he wears a, he wears a medium. <laughs> what? No! <laughs> you ass! I'm going to have to, like, sausage my way into the hoodie now, like I, I did know. the Inthcast shirt. That would be the funny part. No, no. <laughs> In case someone is willing to send Lord Horstocles gifts, I'm a 2X. Yeah, you are. Oh, nice! <laughs> But no, I, you know, I'm just joking around. I mean, I'm not really doing that, uh, collecting funds for a hoodie. That what an ass. <laughs> but if someone was to send something like that, I would never turn it away. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. Nice. No, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, so the big thing from this week is that we saw a movie that kicked ass. Yeah. He Man of the Masters of the Universe. Fuck no. <laughs> Stop. Quit doing that to me. <laughs> Twice you did that crap. We did see Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> <sighs> and I know people don't want anything spoiled, so we're not going to spoil anything. We're simply going to say... Oh, I'm going to brutally spoil no, this shit. No, you're not. Oh, hell yeah. What, are you no, going to cut not. me off? What, are you going to censor me? I'll edit it. Yeah. See, there you go. See? Holding me back. Uh, well, it's out of respect to people. Yeah, I'm not going to do that crap. What kind of an ass do you think I am? The kind of ass that would do it, and then I have to... <laughs> Damn, shut <laughs> No, but uh, Force Awakens was absolutely amazing. I loved it. Um, the nostalgia factor is just through the roof. It's so much fun. He cried, America. I did cry. Like there's a couple of moments in there that are just tear jerkers. And Kylo Ren is such a badass. How are you supposed to be brutal if you're crying? They were brutal tears, man. Brutal tears. They hurt as they came they out. They hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kylo Ren has to be the most powerful Force user we've seen so far. You're giving shit away, man. I'm not giving anything away. I'm not telling what he does. I'm just saying we're seeing Force powers we haven't seen yet. And that he's just absolutely amazing. He was a great choice for the villain. Adam Driver was well cast. Um, I, I feel like everybody in the movie was well cast. Finn was great. Ray was great. Everybody. I can't wait till we can get go into this conversation a lot more in depth. I mean, we'll probably have to wait at least a month before we actually talk about it for sure because we don't want to be total dicks. Because I got a lot to say about Kylo Ren and the girl and everybody else in there. But I will say the movie was freaking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 3D. It cost me like $36 and change, and then I took my boys with me, and so you can watch it with the shitty 3D glasses, which I know you did, because they didn't have any more for you, but when I went, they had all four pairs of the 3D glasses, so we each, so they talked to me, they called me, like, come in here and check out our merch. Oh, really? Okay, so I walked over there, I said, here are the 3D glasses, sweet. I said, do we get them? He says, no, sir, they're $5 a piece. Damn it! <laughs> so uh, I got Captain Phantasma. Phantasma? <laughs> Captain Phasma? Yeah, I know, Captain Phasma. I just wanted to say that. Uh, Cameron got the Stormtrooper, and Brayden got Kylo Ren. And Cameron looks at him, really? The bad guy? You freaking evil bastard? He didn't call him, but that's what he was looking at. And then, of course, you buy drinks. And by the time I was done, I spent $75. Yeah. It, was, it was worth it. Yeah, definitely. Totally worth it. I'd definitely go back and do it again. We got really lucky. It was weird because we went to the 830 show, and I bought my tickets the night before. I posted about that online because... Yeah, I know, because I asked you where was mine. You're like, you and me! Like, no, it was me and Heather. <laughs> Dick. Well, that's one of the few benefits about living in a town like Houston is that all the theaters have all these different screens showing it, and it's never going to be hard to get tickets the night before. So I went the night before, got two tickets, went to the 830 show, and when we got there, there was a huge line for the 730 show. There was a huge line for the 9 o'clock show. There was nobody for the 8.30 show. We went in there. It was just the two of us. And then slowly people started to come in. Two more people, then two more people, then two more people, and then it stopped. Nobody else came in. Six people plus us. That was our entire theater. Opening night. That is weird. I don't know what it was. It had to be something to do with the 8.30 time. 
Uh, but it was incredible. <laughs> it was great to watch the movie with nobody in there. Did the sign say Satan is in here watching the movie or something? I mean, none of the stupid stuff you don't want to see opening night. None of the people cheering or making rude comments or you know clapping their hands at the end of the movie or any of that kind of shit. Everybody in there was a big fan because we were all talking before it started. We all had expectations, and I think all of our expectations were exceeded. Uh, I love the movie more than I can even express. Like, I honestly, the more I think about it, it might be my favorite Star Wars movie. Wow. Well, we went to another theater outside of Houston because uh, we went there and they redid everything. So everything now no longer has the seats seats next together. Now they've taken all the seats out and they put in these fully recliner, these re- massive recliners, leather. They have a button on the side. The recliner goes back to like you normally recline, but it has another one where you pretty much almost like completely lay back. Oh, my God. And it has a cup holder that holds even the big, big cups comfortably and has two of them on both sides. And you never have to worry about stealing the other guy's armrest because they have both arms there. Mm-hmm. So and there's only there's limited seating. In each and every theater. So it's great. So you go in there, you buy your tickets early, and you get to reserve which ones you want. So I'm like, oh, yeah, because the boy's like, we're going to see it there? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see it there. Where else are we going to see it? I want to sit in a nice, comfortable chair and have room and not have to worry about other people. So they were showing it, like you said, every 15 minutes, 7, 15, 7, blah, blah. And every time I go to a little kiosk to look, because I went the day off, it's like, holy crap, we're going to have to sit in the front with our head up. Because even though I'm in a recliner, that's not going to be fun. So I kept on looking at the movies, looking, 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 looking. And I finally said, okay, let me call the wife. Hey, I said the movie because the boys had school the next day. Uh, the movies are the early ones. They're like completely full in the back, and like we'd have to sit in the super front. That's terrible. But there is one that we could see, but it's a little later at night. So just, well, I asked them. I said, okay, I asked them. I said, yeah, we'll see the one at night. And so they were happy with that. I said, you gonna be able to get up? Yeah, we'll get up. Okay. So we went to the ten forty show, <laughs> and we sat in the back, and it wasn't full, and people didn't clap either. The guy next to us did make one comment during the movie, and it was pretty damn funny. Because he and I were both thinking the same thing, and I just cracked up. I looked at him. I started cracking up, too. But it was great. The movie was amazing. My boys didn't move. Normally, the younger one has to get up and go to the bathroom because he drinks all the soda and everything. He didn't even move. Uh, after it was over, I, I felt like I had just climaxed or something. I just <laughs> sat there in the chair. I couldn't Holy even get crap. up. Holy <laughs> crap. I've been waiting for something like this for so long, and, I mean, it, it exceeded all of my expectations. I've, I truly, truly loved the film. So. If you're, if you're on the fence about seeing it or you're worried because it might not be good like the prequels weren't, um, don't. Go see it. You're going to miss out because it, it's just such an experience. I would have to say it was probably, with the sword and everything else, it's probably my second favorite of all. Jedi is still my top. But if I was going to say with all the action and all the, how the stuff looks now, clearly it's superior than all the other ones. Yeah. Even the ones that just recently came out. Because yeah. um, they did everything with um, animatronics or with puppets. They got rid of all the CGI. There's no stupid-looking characters like there were in the special edition versions of the old films or the, the first three. Yeah. Everything looks like it did in the, the original release of the original trilogy, uh, which I just think is badass. Oh, yeah. It definitely, like you said, nostalgia. When I first got in there, I was like, yes, I thought I wet my pants. I'm not going to lie <laughs> to you. <laughs> that was at the beginning of the movie, the very beginning. Because, you know, this old they did it right. The guy did it right. Everybody was worried about J.J. He did it right. Yeah. You know, you can say what you want about his Star Trek endeavors, but he got Star Wars right. Yeah, he does Star Trek well too. I'm not don't don't rip him on that either. Well, a lot of people really hated the second one. Oh, I'd like the second one. The second one was pretty I, awesome. I didn't mind. I, I enjoyed it as well, but a lot of people really truly hated it. Mm. Well, he did. He did Star Wars well. Yeah. And 150 million in the first day clearly tells you something. Yeah, I can't believe it's made that much money already. I mean, I know it's. I believe it's going to be the highest grossing film of all time. Oh yeah. Uh, but I didn't believe its opening day was going to be that much. So Insane. That's crazy. How many more times are we going to go see it? Oh, maybe three or four. <laughs> 12, 12 or 13. 12 or 13? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. 
Well, even though we already got our big Christmas present for the year, which was Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Uh, we do have Christmas presents for each other. Oh, no. Which normally we open outside of here, not on the show, but uh, we tried really hard to up the gag gift factor this time. So we're going to open our presents on the air. Sadly, I didn't up the gag factor. <laughs> I'm more of a, I was more of a nice guy this year. So you're going to be the ass basically today, and I'm going to be the guy that had a heart of gold. Sure, whatever you say. <laughs> I my gifts aren't really gags. There's maybe two gags. Everything else is something that I thought you really, really would like. Okay, how about I open my, open the ones you got for me first? Uh, I, I have to tell you a little caveat though, because I ordered all your stuff off Amazon, and I ordered it on December seventh, and two of the packages were supposed to be delivered last Wednesday. They didn't get here. They were postponed until Friday, and they didn't get here Friday, and they they were supposed to come yesterday as the last date. They didn't come yesterday either. This morning I got up and one of them was on my doorstep, but the funniest one did not come. So uh, I will have to give you two of your presents at a later time, but I'll tell you what they were. That's fine. Well, okay. Let me start off with the first gift I have for you, which is not wrapped. Uh, I decided to bring you a Vader's bag because who who doesn't want a Vader's bag? Cool. And this is what I carried the presents in anyway. So here you go, my brother. Cool. I can use that. Thanks. You know what? Okay, here we go. Here is one of the first gifts. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Not that one. This one first. You got turtles paper. That's right. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. Fatal Attraction. Didn't you give me this last year? No. I thought you gave me Fatal Attraction last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this one came with disclosure, man. Uh, I didn't have disclosure, but you, I did have Fatal Attraction because you got it for me last year. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> There's the Fatal Attraction. I get the other one then. <laughs> All right. My bad. <laughs> what the hell? Did I give you a little attraction last year? Yeah, you did. Damn, I, I got to write this shit down. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I get it next year, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, right? <laughs> That'll be the running joke. I'll have like 500 <laughs> copies of Fatal Attraction. What the fuck? Francis the Talking Mule. <laughs> well, it does kind of look like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. It kind of looks like you. Hey, somebody here just says, now it's got to be a thing and get it every year. <laughs> Another <laughs> fatal attraction. <laughs> All right, what's this one? Damn, you open presents like a little woman. Rip that shit open, man. Oh, cool. I like it. Kylo Ren's a badass, like yes. I said. Nice. See, I, I told you, I went around and became a nice guy this year. My, I did, my, I did. my thirst will be awakened. Your thirst will be awakened? <laughs> There's some horse lemonade in there. Oh, oh sweet lemonade. I don't need sweet, to do that. Sweet lemonade. <laughs> Another Kylo Ren cup. That's right. I'm really waking in my thirst. <laughs> yeah, wrapping by Horsicles. You take all the loose wrapping paper you can find and use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seal said, Ike's horse lemonade. <laughs> sweet lemonade, sweet, sweet lemonade. Oh, cool. It's another Star Wars cup. Of course. Coffee mug. Yeah, you... I think it's weird, though, that it just says villain on it. <laughs> It doesn't say Kylo Ren. It just says villain. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's funny. That's really odd. All right. A while back on the show, you talked about having uh, having to go to the poops and using your socks. Yeah. Well, that was last episode. I, yeah, I thought about Not a getting, while back. It was last yeah, episode. Well, I thought about getting socks for you, but I decided no. You needed something else that would help you in desperate times. So hang on. Okay, dude wipes. I bet it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> is, this the same is the same pack I gave you? No. Did you actually go and buy more? Why is it open? <laughs> are, these, are these used dude wipes? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it says there's 48. If there's not 48 in there, I'm bringing them back there's to you. 47. <laughs> you dick. That makes it perfect. <laughs> Hang on. And here's the big one. Not in my pants. Nice. <laughs> Here we go. 
The All resistance. Right. Peace de resistance. That's right. I don't even know what the fuck I said. Poop socks for long gaming sessions. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Heather Heather found this on a uh, on a catalog. Buy it for me. The Hungry Bear shooting game. <laughs> <laughs> and it roars, too. <laughs> it goes roar. <laughs> uh, we, we've never really talked about this on the show, but um, Heather and I have pet names for each other, like most you know people in couples do, and we, we both call each other Bear. Weird. Uh, so <laughs> that's why Miguel got me this, I'm imagining. Weird. <laughs> hey, Bear. <laughs> it's funny, because I call my wife Mama Bear. That's, that's a little weirder. Why? Oh, Mama Bear. Oh, Mama Bear. <laughs> Mama bear, <laughs> you sick fuck. Hey, that's that's on you, man. <laughs> well, see, growing up, my grandfather used to call my grandmother Mama all the time, and uh, so that's why you know I heard it from as well, as well, and so that's why I, uh, I guess it just stuck with me. But I was gonna have to change it since I heard you call you guys call each other bear all the time. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. So yeah. I'm like, oh, makes it a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, like hey, <laughs> we really are brothers. I guess so. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Those are all pretty cool. You got one more, or is that it? No, that was it. I was just trying to okay. move some other way. All right, cool. I didn't know. Like I said, I really suck at this, man. I was looking for something really funny to get, really something messed up. But then I realized you loved Star Wars and you loved the movie so much, and so I figured, okay, a mug for you to drink your hot cocoa in. Uh, a glass thing so you can drink whatever you want to, and another cup just to half whenever you wanted to use it. So I figured it was stuff you might like. I like it, man. The horse movie was funny. I mean, it looks just like you. That does not look like me. That's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it looks just I, like you. <laughs> I, I did not know I gave you Fatal Attraction last year. <laughs> that, that's even funnier, though. <laughs> <laughs> I could not find the three-disc copy that I wanted to get a Sharknado. I was trying to find three of them. Blu-ray. Hey, that's okay, man. Well, you're going to have to do some moving to get over to your presence because oh, uh, I, I, I put everything over here in the corner. So. so you want me to what? So just go over there and start opening. Uh, you may have to take your headset off. All right, so here's Miguel's pile. I wrapped, dick. I wrapped everything in uh, pink penguin wrapping paper. What the hell, man? Go ahead and start with the card. You got to read it to everybody. Why are there horses on the damn package again? <laughs> <laughs> There's always horses on your presence. I had a bunch of those horses last year. Oh, uh, here we go. Here goes the letter. Hey, at least you didn't get the uh, candy cane hearts this time. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, here comes the... L- this better not be another card where Santa knows what you did. <laughs> yeah, I always try to find you the best card I can. Last year, I gave him one that says just, it has Santa's face on it, and you open it up, and it says he knows. <laughs> that was it. I don't want to open this card. No amount of money could show how much you mean to me. <laughs> open it up. So for Christmas, I decided to get you no amount of money. <laughs> Merry Xmas, bitch. <laughs> Pretty damn funny, dude, you yeah. dick. <laughs> All right, what do you want me to open up first? Uh, you can start with whatever. Just do the, the big one last. Well, that's what she said. Yeah, that's <laughs> what she said. Penguin wrapping paper. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> you act surprised. No, but I like these. These are my favorite ones. You knew it was going to be peeps. Of course I knew it was going to be peeps. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, three. You can handle three at least. Wait a minute. You said the deal was 50 bucks. This looks like a hell of a lot more than 50 bucks. And you still got shit coming in the mail? Yeah, well, still you open it. You're as bad as my damn wife. Just open it. <laughs> shit, you are my wife. <laughs> my work wife. Whoa. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is I was looking for the other one. I really was. Yeah? I was looking for fucking Bert, you <laughs> dick. <laughs> His wife always gives him shit and says that when he laughs, he sounds like Ernie. So if he's Ernie, I've got to be Bert. <laughs> hey, Bert. Uh, so yeah, I got him the Ernie Pop. Last year, I got him the Ernie Plush toy. 
I gave you a Burt plush toy. You did. Now I'm going to go find the goddamn Burt Pop. You should. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. This is a movie. Is it? It's a Blu-ray. Okay. Uh-oh. Or it's a video game. <laughs> nice! Yeah! <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> he always does the Weekend at Bernie's walk, so... <laughs> that shit hurts my legs, man. <laughs> but I know you love that movie. Yeah, I do love this movie. It's great. Thank you. So, Thank you. thought you'd enjoy Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, I will. I'll sit Ernie on my lap while I watch it. How about that? That's a little creepy, but okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Another movie. It's about damn time, motherfucker. Fucking asshole. <laughs> this, really? man, this man has never seen this movie, so I had to buy it for him. <laughs> How the hell you go through life being 40 years old and never seen Roadhouse? Because I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> so I got, I got you the Blu-ray of Roadhouse. Now you'll know what it's all about. I don't have Roadhouse. A, I don't have a Blu-ray player, man. Yeah, you do. Go I ahead. know. <laughs> so I'm going to go home and watch Weekend of Bernie's, then Roadhouse. Yes, Roadhouse might actually end up being our movie next time. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got a copy of it now. We got a copy of it. <laughs> wow. Actually, there's a funny story with that. Uh, we, we started talking about it at work, and I remember that you had not seen it before. So I, I couldn't not get it for you, but it was too late to order on Amazon. So I went to Best Buy, and I walked up and down the aisles trying to find it. You know, They didn't have that many copies of stuff, and I was like, fuck, they don't have it. So I went to the. Uh, is in here? Wait. I went to the cheap bins and I started digging through, and I was just the like cheap bins, well, like the, the seven ninety nine. I know bins. what you mean. And I'm like, okay, they don't have anything. Nothing. 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 And I was about out of time because I had to get back to work from break. And literally, the very last movie in the very last pile that I picked up was fucking Roadhouse. Nice. Like it was. It was like faded that I found that movie for you. <laughs> fatal. <laughs> just like I got you, Fatal Attraction. All right, be careful with that one. It's fragile. Fuck, it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I'm going to punch you, swear to God. <laughs> God damn it, you have it in a brown box. I can't see what the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I was going to come out looking really nice, and you're making me look like a bitch. Because <laughs> you got all the good stuff. I got you good stuff. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. Well, don't worry. <laughs> mellow yellow? <laughs> Camouflage mellow yellow, man. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. I couldn't find a six-pack, so I just made one. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> what the hell do you find camouflage mellow yellow? The store. Very nice. So the one in the back is the one that Amazon delivered this morning. Um, it's one of the two that was missing. This is so an action figure. There's actually two things in there. Really? Yeah. I don't need a knife. Uh, you will, because it's taped. Oh, it's another box? It's another. Uh, yeah, it's another Amazon box. Nice. This is really cool. Yeah, I got you the, the Harley Mopies plush. That is really cool. Thank you, you. Put that in your car because you yeah. don't have one. Well, I have that little Harley thing, but that's cool. Thank you. I know you're a big Harley fan. Of course. Bubble wrap. Oh, you fucking asshole. Yeah, you got to open that one up. Here's my gift. It's bubble, Air. Bubble <laughs> really? Another one? Really? Yeah, of course. Every year. It's Star Child, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Kiss is not my favorite band, but he's made it my favorite band. Star Child ornament. To go along with my gene. I also got ace. I also got you the Star Child uh, standalone CD, but that didn't come yet. And then the other thing that didn't come was the movie Zoo on DVD. You did? <laughs> Are you freaking <laughs> shitting me? No, I got you a copy of Zoo. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what everybody's watching next year. Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, it wasn't here for you to open it because I thought that would have been the most hilarious moment. But uh, let's see if the big box can uh, can make up for it. Dick. What am I supposed to do with all these damn horses? They're your people, man. My, my peeps. <laughs> now, I know I showed this to you before, and you said you really wanted it. That's why I went and got it for you. A panini? 
No, it's not. It's not, it's not a panini machine. Airbags! Woohoo! <laughs> Did you buy that? <laughs> Open it up! <laughs> Open it up! <laughs> <laughs> Open it up! No. <laughs> Open it up! It's that Santa Claus you wanted. <laughs> you said you wanted a Santa, Santa Claus. Black Santa Claus. You just said you wanted a Santa Claus. I don't see color. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I knew I should have gotten you that black Jesus. <laughs> you ass. I forgot all about this crap. You had mentioned that, and I forgot you were going to do this, and I didn't get the black, the black uh, Jesus like I should have. You racist bastard! Here you go, Seal. This is your number one racist bastard. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'll put him in the seat there. <laughs> uh, Got a bag full of goodies there for you. He does. <laughs> so, what do you think? Good Christmas. Yeah, should we say Black Santa Claus is anatomically correct? <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to chat. No, thank you. <laughs> he's, your, he's your Santa Claus. You can do whatever what you want with him. <laughs> I figured uh, one of our minions wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was pretty fun. Uh, what are you guys doing for Christmas? Anything? Uh, I think we're going to my brother-in-law's house again. Okay. You know, he's still dealing with some crazy stuff. So a lot of the family coming over there. So we're just going to go over there and hang out. Yourself? I'm pretty sure Heather and I are just going to chill here. Uh, finally have a little bit of time off, so play some video games. I got the Star Wars Battlefront a couple weeks ago. Haven't gotten to play it hardly at all, but it's a lot of fun. So Okay. Do that. Hopefully see The Force Awakens a couple more times as well. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right. Well, let's move on. Stop looking at me, Black Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> he knows when you've been naughty. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I can't wait to see what my wife's face is going on. I'm sure this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got your Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse. So I'll have to watch that. I've maybe, never seen yeah, it. Yeah, you can finally watch it. All right, so it's time for Tell Me a Funny Story. Which is it's my turn. So this is going to be a real short one. The time you gave me Black Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <laughs> my cats have been extremely destructive this holiday season. Uh, we've had packages delivered, and they've shredded the box before we even get the packages out. They've torn up presents. They've destroyed all kinds of things. But two moments in particular standing out in my mind. So there was a night uh, a couple weeks ago when Heather was out at a gig. Because you know she plays the violin and she plays weddings and events and stuff like that. So she wasn't at home. And I was here and I, I cooked dinner for her. I mean, uh, she wanted stir fry, which I'm not a big fan of. So I made stir fry and I made some ham sandwiches for me. And the cats, for some reason, love ham. I don't know if you know that or not. But cats just absolutely love ham. It's me. Uh, so I was giving them pieces of it as I was making the food. And... You know, they seemed pretty happy. They were all, all taking a nap or whatever by the time she got home. Uh, so when she came in, everything was all set up on the table, and she was in a bad mood. She was like, I just want to go and lay down in the bed and eat in the bed. I'm, I'm just too tired. I don't even feel like sitting in there. So I went and I picked up her stuff and carried it in there and you know, put it in the bed for her. And then we started talking about the gig and how her day was and all that kind of crap. And I turned around to go get back mine. And by the time I got back out here, my dumb cat had gotten up on the counter and eaten half of my ham sandwich. <laughs> Which cat is this? The stupid one. Quacky? Yeah, Quacky. Oh. Ate half my damn ham sandwich. <laughs> Man, she was tearing that sucker up. I mean, bread, cheese, mustard, and all. Like, <laughs> it was, I was so angry 
because I had no more food. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we've been kind of poor this Christmas season. Yeah, because you bought Black Santa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bought Black Santa way after the ham sandwiches. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I didn't have anything to eat, so I, I just didn't eat. I ate chips that night. I threw my ham sandwiches away, and I was so pissed at the cat, I just kept calling her ham sandwich. So you could have called. You could have cut half that part off the spit. I don't, I, I don't know how much of it she licked or how much of it, you know. I'm not eating after the cat. Okay. I'm, I'm not that, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not well easy. No, no. I don't eat off the trash. I don't eat off the ground. I don't eat after my cat. Sorry. <laughs> so threw it away, ate chips. I was fine. It was whatever. Uh, but from it all, we gave the cat a new nickname. And now every time we see her, we call her Ham Sandwich. <laughs> I figure you are what you eat. And <laughs> that kind of makes it work. <laughs> Hammy. <laughs> yeah. And then I did buy myself one Christmas present this year. Okay. Uh, I bought myself a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Nice. Uh, they're from some off-brand that Amazon has. They were on sale on Cyber Monday. They were like 12 bucks, And I thought that was, you know, that was worth it because I've always wanted a pair of Bluetooth headphones. I just wanted to see how good they were or whatever. I started working out a lot more, so I'm jogging in the morning and stuff, and uh, I figured they could help with that. What, but do you think I- you're better than me? Huh? huh? <laughs> you're losing the weight and I'm finding it? Thanks. Yeah, well. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Comedy over everything. <laughs> so uh, I got my headphones. I used them for three days. They were awesome. And then uh, our cable went out. And we had a cable guy come over here to fix all the stuff. And he fixed our router. And he replaced some of our DVRs and like uh, TV system stuff. Uh, but anyways, he came in my office. And he left the door open when he left, when he left the room. And the cat got in here, found my headphones on my desk, and literally ate through them. She she bit one of the earpieces off, so I can't even put it on anymore. <laughs> so her new name is Bluetooth. Nice. <laughs> that was Sin, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Sin, the yeah. new cat. So I got a cat named Bluetooth and a cat named Ham Sandwich. Uh, another one named Box. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one's going to be named Penis. I hope. <laughs> what, are, what are you planning to do to my cat? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do anything. He's going to do it to you. <laughs> nice. So that was my funny story. That's pretty funny. I don't know how funny that was, but... Uh, <laughs> it's funny because the cats are doing it to you. Those bastards ate my ham sandwich, ate my Bluetooth headset, ate the box the presents came in. Damn. It would have funny if it had been a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I went... <laughs> yeah, at least then I could have been like, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> should have shown, shown them Black Santa. They'd have been scared. I didn't have Black Santa by then. I bought, I bought Black Santa yesterday. Nice. <laughs> Dick. Middle of the day, Kroger was completely packed. I walked in there, picked up Black Santa, put him proudly in my cart, and rolled him up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy anything else. That would have been, oh, where was I at? That would have been funny. Even if, even, that would have been amazing. Look, Black Santa coming through. Move out the way, people. I mean, I'm sure people were looking at me. I'm sure people were judging me. People were confused as to why I had Black Santa, but... I don't see color. Shit. You don't see color. <laughs> I know you want a Santa Claus. Take so. Black Santa into the hood. Tell him you see color. <laughs> so I, I got you. I got you a Christmas. That's funny. <laughs> so you're pushing a basket with Black Santa. The only thing in the basket. <laughs> Look in the basket. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, what the hell is Black Santa doing in that Kroger in the first place? There's a bunch of them. There's like uh, actually oh. all those all those <laughs> Black Santas. There's like four black Santas and a couple of angels. All the other ones got sold. Who <laughs> racist bastard? <laughs> hey, how am I racist? I bought him. Yeah, but you were like, there's a bunch of them. And I was about to make a comment about the people in the store. And he was put the- <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. That's pretty funny. But you walked out proudly with black Santa. Hell yeah. Was he in a bag when you walked out? Or were you carrying him in the arm? 
No, I put him in the back. No, he's in. Don't put him in the corner. His head was sticking out, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Black Santa, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Christmas time mascot for the show. Kind of looks like, yeah, kind of <laughs> looks like uh, Black Elvis a little bit. If he didn't have the bag. He's <laughs> got a fat gut. Fat Elvis, no? I guess. <laughs> I don't really see it. I mean, he's got like a big curly beard and... Yeah, you can mess a, a with a big little bit. satchel of toys and a, a teddy bear under his arm. Oh, I forgot about Ted Bear. <laughs> Black Santa. <laughs> Why is he wearing combat boots? <laughs> it's rough in the hood, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard out here for a Black Santa. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that was my funny story. <laughs> oh. Well, we're winding down. So uh, let's move on to our top five list for the year. All right. Every year, we go over all the comics we read, and we pick out our best ones. Uh, this year, we did our top five indie books, our top five big two books, and our top five miniseries. So I'm going to let Miguel go over his list first, and then I'll go over mine. Uh, so Miguel, what were your top five indie books of the year? You want to go over mine first so you can judge me. I know. Number five, Shudder. Okay. You know, it's by our friends Joe and Lila. Yeah. Shudder's really good. Yeah. It, uh, as you remember, I wasn't uh, big on it at the beginning. Um, but after a couple of issues, I got into it, and I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, I think I think they had about ten issues this year. Um, they were all fantastic. It actually made my list as well in my number three spot. So nice. yeah, Shutter was fantastic. One of the best indie books of the year. Number four, and you're gonna be kind of tripped out on my list. Number four was Life After. I love Life After. Life well for me is like I'm, you know I love it. Great book. It's just funny as hell. Uh, it's weird as hell. You got bunnies. You got Jude. And you got, of course, Hemingway. What's good you want? Joshua Hill is killing it, man. Love it. Okay. Now, the next ones I took, and the reason why these are four and five is not because they're not better than one, two, and three. I did it kind of like you said to me the other day. What was I really waiting for when it would come out? And if these all came out at the same time, which ones would I read first? Yeah. So number three for me was Coughing Hill. It ended already, but it was such an amazing book. Eve and dealing with all the witches and her mom and the woman from the dead. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Caitlin, Caitlin Kittredge wrote that one? Yeah. Oh, man. I just, I'm just i sad that it's over because it was so good for me. And it, I mean, you're going to make fun of me because it's witches. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I mean, there were so many good indie books that it's really hard to narrow this down to a top five list. Um, I would probably say that's in my top 20, but I don't know if it was anywhere near my top five. I got you. Well, again, because of who I am, that's why it's in there. Uh, number two. Because you're a lady witch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> number two is Deadly Class. Deadly Class is great. That was almost my number one. It is just exciting, crazy, wild. It never stops. The action never stops. There's always something going on. People killing each other, rival gangs. I, I can't even think who does, it, who does it right now. It's Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Yeah. It's just, damn. I feel like it kind of tapered off a little bit this year, honestly. I felt like the beginning of the story was so much better, and then it lulled a lot in the beginning of the year, and then it started picking up again towards the end. Um, but that, that first part was enough to keep it out of my top five list. Uh, I, I love the series and I love the concept behind it and I love the characters. Um, and I, of course I'm a huge fan of Rick Remender's writing, but for me, I think it was actually my eighth book in the list. No, so. that's cool. I think the way it ended and how stuff was going, well, didn't end, how it was going on and how the story was going is what pulled it back in the top five for me. Fair enough. Cause every time it does come out, that's one of the first ones that I grab. My number one is number one because it may have lulled in one book, a lot of action, very dark, just overall amazing, nail-biter. I, I can't even say enough about it. Uh, it's a book that you buy, you want to read. Hell, I may even pick up the trade. 
That it's that damn good. I completely agree with you. Josh Williamson and, and Mark Henderson, mm-hmm. absolutely killing it. Uh, it's my number one book as well. Hands down, the best book of the year, indie wise. Um, it's all about serial killers, and I mean, if you're not a big fan of horror, you may not enjoy it as much as we do. But I really love Josh Williamson's writing style, and I love Mike Henderson's art, and I anticipate this book more than anything else that comes out. Uh, every week it comes out. It's one of the first books I want to read. I actually wrote a letter that got published in the back of one of them. Um, I'm just a huge fan, and I can't say enough good things about it. So uh, if you haven't read Nailbiter at this point, and you are a horror fan, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. you got to go pick it up and give it, a, give it a read. Cool. So give me your five. Uh, my number five book was Sex Criminals. I, I like, knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction have really stepped it up this year. Um, it came out last year, and it was really funny in the beginning, but I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. And they've, they've continued to escalate things every single issue. Uh, that was really the, the concern, is that the book was just going to kind of focus on the two characters and not really go anywhere. Uh, but they've gone a lot of places. You know, they've, they've got an overarching story. The characters are meeting more and more characters that are more fucked up than them almost every other issue. And it just keeps going and going. And, you know, it's very crude humor, but it's also hilarious and, and very smart as well. Um, if you've never read Sex Criminals and you like mature content kind of stuff, again, this is another one that I can't recommend highly enough. It's hilarious. I mean, it's dick and fart jokes to to the extreme. Um, they're smart dick and fart jokes, though. Uh, I, I just I love it. I, I was just great. about to say that. I just felt like in the middle of the book, it was a lot of dick and fart jokes. That was the same ones over and over again or a little too much dick here and there. As you know, I'm not a fan of the dick. <laughs> it's just do not use that as the intro. <laughs> I just said I realized too that. late. Fucker. <laughs> too late. But uh, toward the end, the last couple books we were reading here toward the end of this year, I honestly think if there would have been a couple more months and stop laughing, you <laughs> I'm not going to look at you. Had there been a couple more months, this book probably would have cracked my top five. Actually, probably would have been in the top three because the last couple of issues with the Dick Fairy and all that other shit, I was like, what the hell? It, it was And it was all over the place. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really good. So, yeah, I, I can see why. But I know you really loved it from the beginning. So I did. Uh, as far as my number four, uh, this is my book all about witches, uh, Hexed. Uh, it's actually based on a young adult novel of the same name that came out years ago. Um, they did it as a comic series, though. And it's all about this one girl who has magic powers. She's a witch. And she works for this woman who curates this museum and collects all these pieces of magical artwork and stuff like that. And one of the pieces of artwork houses this ancient, powerful wizard guy. Um, and his sister comes and she breaks him out. And there's this whole huge battle. And um, really, it's just every single week, I look forward to it more than a lot of other books that come out. I feel like of all the magic-based stories that came out this past year, it was the best. Uh, it ended on issue 20, I believe, with a really climatic showdown. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, if you're a fan of lighthearted kind of witch stuff, I mean, it wasn't fully lighthearted because there is a lot of dark stuff that does happen, but there's also a lot of comedy built into it, which alleviated some of that. I, I feel okay describing it as lighthearted, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I think you'll enjoy Hexed because I, I really did. Yeah, Hex was good. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's in my top 10. It just didn't pull me in as much as it did you. You're right. It was lighthearted. Yeah. I don't like lighthearted. <laughs> lighthearted witches. All darkness all the time. That's right. Brutal. <laughs> uh, number three, as I said before, was Shudder. Joe and Layla have done an amazing job with that series. I've loved it since the beginning. And I feel like it's just gotten stronger and stronger as time has gone by. This year was just great. Um, I love it. 
Number two is Morning Glories from Nick Spencer and Joe Isma. Yes, um, Joe! <laughs> I was actually drawn as a character into the book this year, which I, you know, may or may not have some impact on why it's my number two. It might have been in my five I've made to pick yet. I still haven't showed up in a book. I'm waiting. Where, I'm, where am I going to go? Come out, Joe. Hello! <laughs> uh, but aside from that, though, it really is such a cool story. It's this big mystery. All the characters are great. Um, there's a lot of fighting, a lot of really brutal stuff that does happen in the story. Brutal! Brutal! <laughs> But it's also, again, very lighthearted and very comical and very whimsical in places. And there's just so much about it that I really enjoy. It's like the high school experience I didn't get to have, I guess. I mean, I went to high school, but I was really kind of a loner, didn't have many friends, didn't really get involved in stuff. So seeing all these uh, outcasts who are super smart actually be paired with a bunch of other super smart outcasts and forced to interact, I kind of enjoy. Um, I, th- I think it's a great series overall. Uh, if you've never read The Trades, I think they're on issue nine now for as far as the trades go um go pick up the first one the first one's only ten dollars i promise you'll be hooked you'll want to keep reading you know bs all bs aside i'm just kidding with joe i know he said he's going to get me in there that's fine it is a good book it is probably my number six to be honest with you um i liked it from the beginning got to meet joe personally great guy and the story is amazing. I mean, they just they keep going with it, and things change here and there. And of course, when you appeared as a security guard, that was pretty freaking funny to yeah, me. I'm kicking someone in the back. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a punk. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You guys will really enjoy it if you do pick it up. It's worth it. Yeah. So that was it for Indy, then. Yeah, because uh, Nailbiter was your number one. Nailbiter's my number one, exactly. Wow. Uh, what was your top five for the big two, Marvel and DC? Well, last year, if I remember correctly, I went uh, Heavy Marvel, I believe. It was Heavy Marvel. This year, Changed it up a little bit, but in the number five spot, Deadpool. Deadpool's been great. I have not been able to say, I'm, all year long I've talked about how Deadpool changed me, how Deadpool affected me. Did he touch you? Yeah, in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad touch, but it was really good. It was amazing, and this start off, this now, the new one, is good too. I'm liking it. I'm, it's, I'm not as big as a Deadpool fan as you are, but I can honestly say that I'm getting there. Because it's really good now. I just love what Jerry Dugan's done with the character. It's actually number four on my list. Um, it's It's been great ever since him and Brian Posehn took over. Now he's doing it solo, but I still think he's doing an amazing job with the character. He really understands what makes Deadpool Deadpool. And even if he goes the direction that it seems like he's going to now, where he adds back in the crazy voices, um, I still think he's going to handle it better than Daniel Way did. I'm, I'm loving his run in its entirety. So uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what comes next. Yeah, it's exciting times, man. Number four for me, here comes the the switch. Grayson. Grayson's been good. Grayson, to me, has been really cool. I mean, he did what Batman asked him to do. He walked away. He became an agent in Spiral. Um, he's number 42, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's kicking a lot of ass, but he still comes back to Gotham to help out. Yeah. So he's living both worlds. He's still talking to Batman and doing stuff. He's been really good. It's good to see him without being with him not being Nightwing. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see the whole spy thing, but it's also cool to see him come back and be the big shit that he is amongst the Robins. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've loved it. Wasn't good enough to be in my top five, I don't think. You bastard. <laughs> but uh, it, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, that's mine. Number three. Here's where it comes. Some craziness. Spider-Man 299 is my number three. Oh, hell yeah. Peter David. Damn right. We met him at the con. Nice guy. He had a little bitty table, middle of nowhere. I'm like thinking to myself, this is Peter freaking David. What's wrong with you? I, I know. I don't know why he was in such a, a back corner. I'm like, oh my God, this is Peter <laughs> David. And then when we got to interview and he was making his jokes, and that was great. Spider-Man 2099 has been off the chain from book one till now. It has not stopped. It is like grabbed you by the nuts and is squeezing the hell out of them. Um, it's, a, it's a great book. 
I have Spider-Man 29 from when it first came out, and that was pretty decent to me. And I think this Spider-29 is like 50 times better than the one I read back in the day. Yeah. And it's just so damn good. Yeah, I, the guy's name is Miguel, whatever. <laughs> I think you might be a little biased. I'm not biased. <laughs> no, but I, I love what Peter David has done with Miguel O'Hara. Like, he's really taken him in a new direction. He's brought him into the current world. I mean, because of all the Battle World stuff, he's stranded on what is now the new main Earth, um, along with all the other Spider characters. Uh, his previous run before the current one, after Secret Wars, was really, really good. It ended in kind of a weird place, but I, I liked it, especially all the tie-in stuff with Spider-Verse and whatnot. He was definitely one of the more interesting characters. Uh, now that he's got his own standalone, he's trying to cope with the being in this world with so many other spider people and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, only reason that it was not in my top five is because I don't think enough issues have come out yet. Uh, only three issues in. They've all been really good, but I don't think that they, there's enough of it to compare to some of the other books that I chose. So, I got you. Uh, I just think those three issues have just been like, yeah, I mean, the weeks they came out, they were better than anything else that came out. Though. And, of course, the interaction he's having right now with Captain America, uh, female Captain America, and then, of course, Spider-Man and everything else. This has been like, wow. Yeah. I mean, seriously. All right. Number two. Hats off to a good buddy of ours. <laughs> uh, Greg Capullo. Scott Snyder. Batman. It's my number one. <laughs> I, I, I know it seems like a bit dis- disrespect for me to put Batman at number two. But when I tell you what my number one is, you'll be okay. Batman. In game, Batman not knowing who the, Bruce Wayne not knowing who the hell he is, coming back to where, the Joker, plain face Joker. This book has been wild. I mean, Batman has just been everything you've ever wanted it to be. I, I think In Game is one of the best arcs that that Batman has ever had. I, I'm sad that Capullo and Snyder are going to be done. Yeah, because I think they saved their best for the end. I agree. I I, I don't even know what the, there is no way in hell I will ever get rid of my In Game. Batman run or anything. I will hold that to the day I die. I mean, they created the Court of Owls, which was yeah. which was really good. They did Death in the Family, which oh. it ended poorly, but the entire story up until the very end was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, they did the year one stuff, which was kind of so-so. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then they did Endgame, which, in my opinion, is probably one of the best Batman stories we've had in the last five or six years. Endgame blew away everything that was out there <laughs> just the way. And... I, I don't think that any other series this year has had such an iconic arc as Endgame. Um, I feel like that's going to stand alone as a, a, a trade paperback. I mean, that's going to be up there with Long Halloween and, and Dark Knight Returns and all that kind of stuff. Hush. It's, it's going to be one of those arcs that people reference and remember for a very long time because it was so well handled. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Like, they've both been doing a great job. I'm, I'm really sad to see Capullo leaving the book as well. Uh, the new direction they take, I'm sure it's still going to be good. Uh, it'll just be different. And uh, I had no problem putting that as my number one this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anything else even came close. Well, I'll, well now you make me feel bad. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you why my number one, in my mind, beat Batman. Okay. My number one is going to be by the great Steve Orlando. And that's why it beat Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> Again, I think you're a little biased. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I personally, we go back to when we started this damn show, Midnight or Who. He got beat by Batman, of all people. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, okay. Oh, this is this is you trying to correct it wrong? Is that, is that what this is? No, 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 no. I don't think Midnight would beat Batman <laughs> still to this day. Okay. It'd be a hell of a fight, though. Yeah, it would. I just think that I've never read this book before, and to get the take on it, and the trend, and everything that this book has done, and what it's doing in the world today, uh, and who is being written by, 
The story is wonderful. The action is amazing. The fact that he can cross over, fight Nightwing, then join up with Nightwing, make hits on Nightwing, and then do his life and everything else and be who he is and represent who he is in the world that we live today. Well, He's one of the most impactful gay superheroes that we've seen in a long time. I look forward to every time Midnighter comes out. It's one of those books that if I don't, I know we read our shit in order, Marvel, DC, Indy. Mm-hmm. I grab Midnighter, and that's probably, this is honestly God truth, Midnighter is probably the very first book I read no matter what, next to Nailbiter. If Nailbiter's out, nobody gets read, then Midnighter. So if you were to say overall, Nailbiter is my number one book, completely over everything. Fair enough. But Nailbiter to me has grabbed me, has changed my perspective on things, um, has just, I just love the story. I, I can't say enough about it. I think Steve writes it well. Oh, he is the perfect person to write it, and that's not because of who Steve is. Steve is is very, very talented. Oh, absolutely. And I think he writes, and he's writing Batman and Robin Eternal. He's good. He's been that one as well, I think, and something else. I can't remember. He's blown up this year. His way with words, there, there's just nothing that I can say that that just makes you. It pulls you in, and that's what Midnight has done for me since book one. It has pulled me in. I'm like living the story with him, going along, fighting, and everything along the whole way. And that's why Midnight was number one. Don't get me wrong. Batman was great. Capullo and Scott Snyder are just out of this world. Fucking dudes fighting fools and telling jokes. Yes. You're right there with him. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. Fucking fools up. <laughs> Say that right, dumbass. I said it right. Fuck no, no, that's not what I mean. dudes fighting fools and, and telling jokes. No, no. <laughs> that, should, that should be his tagline. Steve, you can use that if you want. Nice. <laughs> but no, man. Midnighter is truly a badass. And... Again, the reason why I beat Batman in my mind is because there was that zero year. There was that ending to Killing Joke. Uh, you mean Death in the Family? Well, yeah, excuse me, Death in the Family, forgive me. And that's the only reason why I put Midnight ahead of Batman. Had Death in the Family ended a better way, Midnight wouldn't have been able to pass it. I'll be honest with you. But that was the only reason. That's the only way I sat back. And maybe I'm a little prejudiced because it is Steve. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, Midnighter to me just spoke to me this year. It was really good. So I mean, that's all I'm gonna say. But that that was my number one, Midnighter. Well, you're not wrong. Uh, Midnighter's my number five book, actually. What the hell? Disrespect? It's not disrespect. That's disrespect. It's no, I'm just number kidding. five out of the 125 books that I read. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good spot to have. Uh, it's really, really good. I mean, Midnighter cracks a lot of jokes. He's extremely witty. He's extremely well written. Steve does a great job with dialogue. The fight scenes are well executed. He predicts everything before it's going to happen, and, and like some brutal stuff happens because of it, especially in the first three issues. The first three issues, he was just a monster tearing through those people. I think the art matches it well, too. Yeah, he has a great artist behind him. Um, again, it's a character that neither one of us knew that much about before Steve took over, but because of our friendship with him, we both learned more about the character and got really involved and really invested in this series, and I absolutely love it. I think it's definitely one of the best books of the year. And it has it's socially, it probably has had the most impact of any book on my list. Because there's a lot of people that email Steve every day or tweet to Steve and say, hey, I love what you're doing with the, the gay superhero. He means a lot to me. He's given me the confidence to come out. He's given me the confidence to, to make changes in my life or whatever. And, I mean, the fact that it's making that much of a social impact, I think that alone like makes it deserving of a spot in the top five. I love to see Steve write Batman. I love to see Steve write Robin. And, and he will. That's the thing. Steve is such a talented writer, and he's finally catching his break, which is great. I mean, we met him when he was on the cusp of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Undertow was a really good series, but I don't think it got the respect or the notoriety that it deserved. Damn right. People probably dismissed it because of the unusual art style, yeah. which is unfortunate. Um, I've read a lot of Steve's older stuff, too, from before that was self-published or published like uh, his, his Russian book. 
Um, I got that. Octobriana. <laughs> I got that. I mean, it's it's so strange, but even back then, you can tell that Steve is a, a, a genius at writing dialogue. Like, I I fully believe that he has a, a really bright and promising career ahead in writing comics, and he's going to get to write all of the big characters at some point. Midnighter is just a stepping stone for him, and uh, I'm just looking forward to taking that ride with him and seeing what comes next. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my number five. I love it. If you haven't read Midnighter, I recommend going and checking it out. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Yeah. We know um, number four was your Deadpool. Number four was Deadpool, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, number three was He-Man and the Eternity War. See. By Steve Seeley. See, He-Man and Eternity War was also in my top. They're my top ten. Um, it's been so good this year. I mean, He-Man was... He-Man's been great ever since DC picked him back up. And Not that shit He-Man we just saw a couple hours ago. <laughs> I mean, they're introducing more characters every week. You know, you get to see all the characters you know from the animated series, and they act like they were supposed to in the animated series. And there's so much more mythos being added to the, the world of Eternia. Uh, the Seelys have done just a, a great job with it. I love He-Man. I've always loved He-Man. I love the fact that there's a He-Man comic out there that actually is fairly true to what I remember from my childhood. And I can't get enough of it. Every week it comes out, I'm like, fuck yeah, He-Man. More, more than most books. And that's just that's, that, that's why it's number three for me. He-Man rocks, man. Can't get enough of King Hiss. <laughs> uh, my number two book is also in there for Nostalgia Factor. Uh, it's Star Wars. Just oh, in, my God. In general. Oh, Jesus. Um, it's really hard to narrow Star Wars down because you got so many you know, miniseries and so many tie-ins, and you got the whole Darth Vader and Vader down storyline going on now, and the main Star Wars st- series. They all basically take place in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and they're all just absolutely amazing. There, there's a couple issues of Princess Leia that were kind of eh, and Chewbacca is not super in- energetic or action-packed, but it's still pretty good. Lando's been great. Darth Vader's been great. The main Star Wars series has been unbelievably great. I mean, it, it was exactly what I needed to read to get me super hyped up for the movie. And then I got, went and saw the movie with high expectations, and my expectations were blown away. So I, I feel like my childhood is being recaptured this year because of those last two books, because of Star Wars and He-Man. I feel like I'm, I'm living in just a dream, and it's been so much fun, and I look forward to reading these books every single week. Um... I mean, go back and listen to our shows from this year. How many times has Star Wars been in our top three? A lot. A lot. Because it's honestly been better than anything else Marvel's been putting out. Like, Secret Wars has been fairly lackluster, um, just overall. See, I thought about putting it in my top five, but you mentioned Leia, Chewbacca, and then, of course, the good, Shattered Empire. The good is so good that you can just forget the bad. I, I feel that way about the whole, the whole world that Marvel's created. It feels like Star Wars. You read it, and you feel like you're watching a Star Wars movie. It still has that cinematic feeling to it. It's, it doesn't feel like you're reading a comic book. It feels like you're watching a Star Wars movie when you read it. And, I mean, Jason Aaron is taking the lead on a lot of it. He's just crushing it. So, yeah, if you haven't read any of the Star Wars stuff, you're really missing out, especially if you're a fan. you got to check it out. And then, of course, my number one is Batman, for the reasons I stated before. Just absolutely love it. One of the most memorable arcs in years. Um, again, the good was so good that I can forget the one little bad arc. And that's pretty much it. Nice. Very interesting. So let's move on to miniseries. Uh, what were your top five miniseries this year? You know, when it comes to miniseries, I hate them. So I had none. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Nice. <laughs> Number five was Planet Hulk from The Secret Wars. Okay. That was I loved fun. it, man, because it was like, you know, Captain America, Double Dinosaur. Double Dinosaur. <laughs> that's, that's the main reason right there. Doc Green. Doc Green. It could have just been Double Dinosaur to one. <laughs> I love Double Dinosaur. But yeah, it was so good. All the Hulks and then Doc Green and then, then the other Hulk and like the, the betrayal and yeah really good for me that's why planet hulk was my number five it was definitely one of the better secret wars tie-ins there's a few out there but i really liked it i'm not 
you influenced a lot of, of me this year. You pushed me toward books that I've never really read before and not letting you influence me. I read them with a, you know, you know, going to clear mine and you're going to experience for my own. And I cannot believe the love that I have for Hulk now and Deadpool. It's, it's strange to me, but I do like them a lot now. Two of my favorite characters. My number four, we stand on guard because we're the bad guys. Frank Yvonne. Because we the bad we guys. We the bad guys? <laughs> Action, man. We're attacking the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> Canadians are fighting back. They don't want none of this shit. Dogs getting sliced. People getting sliced in half. Armor wars. It feels like I'm playing that tech mechanic game or whatever I, it is. <laughs> I haven't even read the last issue of it. And I feel confident saying that it was one of the best miniseries of the year as well. It is so good. Uh, I put it at my number five. I thought it was great. I really wish it wasn't a miniseries, but you know, hey, whatever. But it's so good. A lot of mind fucks going on there, like you mm-hmm. said a couple years ago. I mean, a couple years ago. God. <laughs> a couple episodes ago. But yeah, that was my number four. Number three. Earlier I said I'm not a fan of the dick. <laughs> and that is still true. This book tends to pull the dick out on you all the damn time. Airboy. Jesus, can we keep it in the pants? <laughs> Get that anaconda away from me. That book was so freaking hilarious, so funny, had a little touching moments there, but it was like, not those kind of touches, but it was like really good. Uh, James Robinson took it to a whole place I didn't expect it to go. I mean, they were living the deviant lifestyle in that book. I mean, oh, my God. They were doing all the drugs they could, sleeping with whatever moved, you know, drinking themselves into oblivion and trying to write a comic book. And then their comic book character somehow came to life and just judged them for four issues. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious all the way from beginning to end. Um, I, I hope they do a sequel, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I loved it. Uh, Airboy was actually my number four. This movie, this book would be awesome if it was like a movie on stars or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, come on. Do we need to see that again? Why are you throwing that anaconda in our face? <laughs> and they were, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess if you have creative control, you can give yourself a 14-inch <laughs> So, yeah, that was my number three. Number two comes from a guy we met and we interviewed on this show. And uh, not biased, but uh, he had an interesting take on this book, and I loved it. The Empty. The Empty was actually my number one. It is so weird, so amazing, and the girl... It's just a, a really unique take on the post-apocalyptic world kind of storyline, like Mad Max kind of thing. Uh, Jimmy Robinson, he, he writes it, he draws it, he colors it, he does everything there is to do in the book. Remember how he dogged it, the first book? Like, he did it all! This book sucks. <laughs> no. But if you go back and listen, I said the story was amazing, and the artwork kind of looked like it was struggling a little bit. Yeah. Because like it didn't feel like he understood where it was going with the style, but by the second book he had corrected it. It was so much better. Yeah, I know. Because I remember you, those exact words you said. He said he tried to do it all too much by himself because he said the art was. And that was the only problem I had. Remember, was the yeah. I agree with you the art, but you're right. By book two, he it was got on. so much better, and the entire series was just fantastic. Like I know he planned it as an ongoing series, but I guess the sales just weren't there, so it ended up being a mini. And maybe he'll come back and do a second mini as a continuation, but. Uh, the characters were great. I mean, it did kind of have a little bit of a Ferngully feel to it, but it also took it places that Ferngully never would. And the cast of characters was so good. And the dialogue, again, like, I'm a big fan of dialogue. You know, Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino are two of my favorite directors. Like, I love dialogue. I thought the dialogue in the book was extremely well done. Uh, I just, I, I absolutely loved it. And I'm very happy to say it's my number one book of the year. Nice. Yeah. Props out to Jimmy. It was a great book. I enjoyed it. Made my number two. It didn't get number one, though, on my list. And this is a book that you, <laughs> when I first picked it up, I'm like, I looked at you. Why the hell are you reading this crap? <laughs> what is going on with you? Why are we reading this book? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. 
It, it makes no sense to me. Book three, I'm like, what? And book four, I was hooked. Done. You already know what it is. Oh, yeah. You're already looking at me stupid. I love this book. I'm not happy that it's over. <laughs> uh, God hates astronauts. Yeah. Ryan Brown. Yeah. That guy's got some talent. I mean, he's another one that does everything himself. And God Hates Astronauts is such a bizarre, trippy story. He, he must have been, like, stoned out of his mind. <laughs> he, was like, in his, he was in his cat suit when he wrote it. <laughs> all the characters are just really weird, really wacky. They don't make a lot of sense. Like, if you pick up a random issue and try to read it, you have no fucking clue what was going on. But if you read the entire thing from beginning to end, it all kind of makes a lot of sense. King Tiger eating a cheeseburger. And he does really creative things. Like, he has a, a ghost as a narrator. And then, like, in one issue, um, the ghost goes away, and Charles Soule, the writer, steps in to be the narrator and, like, pokes fun at himself the whole way through. Um, there's just so many fun and unique and unusual things you don't see in comics very often that Ryan Brown tried to do with this. And I thoroughly, thoroughly loved it as well. It was actually my number three. Huh. Wow. And I remember how much you love this book. I thought that might have been your number one, but okay. I'm curious to see what the other ones are. But yeah, that it, it won me over the silliness, the goofiness all the way through, and I couldn't get enough of it. It was just too damn funny. Yeah. So, all right. So give me yours, man. Uh, like I said, my number five was We Stand on Guard. It was really good. Airboy, hilarious. Uh, I'm really hoping they do a sequel. Uh, number three was God Hates Astronauts, which I loved. And I'll because of God Hates Astronauts, I'll pick up anything that Ryan Brown puts out from this point forward. Uh, number two... It was actually a book from Matthew Rosenberg called We Can Never Go Home. It was a real small print press book from Black Mask Studios. Uh, one of the most interesting and innovative superhero origin stories. Uh, well, I guess not really a superhero, but powered person origin stories I've seen in a long time. It's a, about a, a girl who has this weird power that makes her super strong and bulletproof temporarily. And she meets this boy who claims to have powers. Uh, and the two of them kind of try to escape their shitty lives in this small town. But when they do, they come across drug dealers, they come across the FBI, and they're basically on the run, whereas they can never go home. Um, I still haven't read the last issue of the series. It came out a couple weeks ago. I, that's another one that I have to get my hands on as soon as I have some money and I can. Um, but I absolutely loved everything I've read so far. It's one of the, the best books you've never heard of. Uh, when it comes out in trade, you must pick it up. We Can Never Go Home. I loved it. It's a good book. And like I said before, my number one was, of course, The Empty. The Empty. So... <laughs> Those are our top five list for 2015. Uh, a lot of good recommendations in there. If you're trying to figure out what you might want to read, or you got a couple of days left till Christmas, if you want to <laughs> tell somebody to to pick you up something. Um, and don't get us wrong. I mean, you said it earlier. We read a hundred and some odd books, man. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. There's so many good ones. I'm. I don't think we of all these books we pick up. I don't think we really hate any of them. No. Well, why would we? Why would we buy anything we don't like? The crazy thing, though, is like I like all the image titles and all the independent books I read so much that when I narrowed my list down from like 70 indie books, uh, it was down to like 35. <laughs> like, when I narrowed it down the first time, I only cut out half. And then I was like, okay, well, this is not going to work. And honestly, picking those top five was excruciating. It was so hard because I, I like so many of my books. And giving them a number value is, is incredibly difficult to do. But I honestly feel like the ones that I picked best represent my favorites. I mean, I understand. I mean, I was surprised sex didn't make your top five or, or you know, and then for me, Chew. I would bet you were wondering why I didn't have Chew at. Or I mean, there's just so many good indie books. And indie books was tough. Rumble was my number Rumble, six. Yeah, Rumble, Rumble was so good. I mean. Saga uh, fell off this year. Yeah. Birthright is probably my number six. Yeah, Birthright's really good. There's just, Rain was there's in my so top many. There's so many. And the thing is, we know these people. Uh, Kaiju Max. That Captara, like there's there's so many books we read 
that we loved, and we've we've gotten to know the writers, the creators behind them, and we don't want to you know let anybody down by not putting them in our top five or something. But, like they really give a shit. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, every book we read, we love. Kaiju Max. I, I just feel like the five that we picked because we had to pick five uh, best represent our favorites and the ones that we most anticipate every every week. So. I mean, I know I'd mentioned something about top five novels or graphic novels that we, we don't read enough to know. And I, I threw out Virgil. And, of course, we don't want to leave I mean, Kyle Starks and Sex Castle out. Sex Castle was great. Virgil was great. Uh, even Jim Starlin's uh, Infinity Relativity, that was, that was okay. Like, I, I read a few graphic novels this year, but not enough, I think, to really yeah, same here. tell the world what I feel like my top five were. I mean, you can't just say my top five when you only read five. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not really a fair sample size, but... Uh, those were all really good. Virgil, especially Steve Orlando's book. It, I mean, we we put it as our honorable mention that that week it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read that yet, yet uh, the praise on that book. Yeah, it's it's so good. And Sex Castle is just fun Sex off Castle's, the chain. <laughs> and you haven't even seen Roadhouse. It'll be even more fun for you after you watch. The oh movie. yeah, yeah. So after I so I'll watch Roadhouse and I'll tweet Cal uh, Starks when I watch. The- yeah, and then you can go back and and read it. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our top five list. We're getting close to time here, so we're going to move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news, and then close out the show. All righty. So well, what do you want to do first? Well, you know what? Let's give me some comics, because we've been talking about comics all night. Okay, so Dark Horse has announced that they're releasing yet another He-Man and the Masters of the Universe hardback. Hey. This one's going to be a complete guide to the animated series. Nice. And it's going to come out in 2016. It's going to be just like the other ones, the art book and the uh, the collection of the mini-comics. So you're definitely picking that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that they're doing this. Cause that I'm is really cool. Such a fan of the old animated series. Uh, DC has announced that they're doing an Adventures of Supergirl digital first comic. Uh, it's going to come out January 25th, 2016, and it's going to be written by Sterling Gates and drawn by Bingle. Uh, it's going to be set in the continuity of the TV series. I was going to ask you that. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, it's not going to affect the TV series, but it's going to be in the same world where she's, you know, come to earth and they're still fighting the villain of the week kind of aliens. Okay. So I think it'll be cool. Yeah. Let me check that out. You say casting, I'm going to punch you, I swear to God. Uh, that's it for comics. What do you want to do next, movie or TV? Just give me TV because I want to see if there's any damn casting. <laughs> okay. uh, ABC is doing a 75th anniversary special about Captain America. Uh, it's going to happen Tuesday, January 19th. So make sure to tune in for that. I think it'll be pretty cool. They're going to show the old Captain America riding that bike? <laughs> well, they might. Oh, really, man. I mean, he's 75 years old. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty big yeah, for, that's for huge. a character to survive that long and be as popular as he still is. Who doesn't love Captain America? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh couple of announcements about casting you bastard uh, adam stafford has been cast as the geomancer in the flash okay um you know we talked a while ago about that animated vixen uh-huh. character for the cw yeah um well the actress who does the voice acting for the character megalyn echikun woke say what I think, <laughs> uh she's apparently going to reprise the role on arrow as the actual character like she did the voice acting but she's actually going to act as the character as well. Nice. Uh, live action on Arrow. Well, good for her. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to happen in 2016. Um, Ra's al Ghul has been confirmed to be appearing in the Legends of Tomorrow TV series. All right. So same not, guy? Same guy. Uh, nice. Matt Nabel. I'm not sure how he's going to tie in. But, how the hell is he coming back? Uh, is he pre-dead or after dead? Oh, no, wait a minute. They're traveling through time. Yeah, they're traveling to the future. So okay. he's, he's got to come back somehow. Lazarus Pet, I'd imagine. Holy crap. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and then that's it for TV. Going on to movies. Uh, we already met, talked about Star Wars having the biggest opening day of all time. Of course. Uh, that's pretty cool. Star Trek Beyond's trailer came out, and it looks interesting. Oh, I love it. It feels like a throwback. Kind of. I- I'm excited. I'm a, little con- I'm a little confused by the scene with Kirk riding, on the- riding his motorcycle through the alien planet. Uh, how did his motorcycle get there? <laughs> it was on Enterprise? 
so he teleported his, his motorcycle down and well i don't know what happened but it's there yeah it's like the nexus man it doesn't look, <laughs> it doesn't look bad i'm not i'm not no i'm excited I'm, I'm excited for it um, my level of excitement for star trek beyond is nowhere near my level of excitement for force awakens was though yeah i know so i'll, I'll enjoy it but i don't think i don't think it'll I'll, it'll be anything special for me mm-hmm. um we also got a first look at the all-female ghostbusters team uh they released some images of that I'm still pissed off Melissa McCarthy's a part of the team. I'm probably not going to be paying money to see the movie just because of her. Uh, I do think it's hilarious that Leslie Jones is a giant in the picture. She's about three, <laughs> three feet taller than all the other Ghostbusters, which I think is hilarious. Uh, so I'll probably watch it at some point, but I, again, I'm not going to go see it in the theater. Come on, man. I hate Melissa McCarthy. She's not funny. may surprise you. No, it may, but it's not going to surprise me until three months after the movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Spoil away. I don't care. Nice. Uh... Tom Holland was spotted on the set of Doctor Strange, so there's a p- possibility of Spider-Man somehow being involved in that movie. Yeah. I love the fact that we're getting Spider-Man on more Marvel movies. That's what I'm talking about, man. Um, Kurt Russell is rumored to be cast as Star-Lord's dad in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Jack Burton! That could be kind of cool. Yeah, he's going to be Jack Burton. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think uh, Jack Burton traveled through space and time to become Star-Lord's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's pretty cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, Deadpool is doing the 12 days of Deadpool countdown. Every day he's releasing some new funny image or little snippet to prepare you for the December 25th release of the new trailer. So I think it's kind of cool. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, doing a lot to promote the, the movie. Dude, Ryan Reynolds is going out of his way. <laughs> uh, he really is. They're really trying to promote Deadpool. But he is Deadpool, man. I agree. He's doing a great job with it. So I get more and more excited for that as every day goes by. Uh, I'm pretty amped up for it, too. Okay, so that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, remember, we're not doing a show next week, so we will be returning to you guys January 4th. Um, hope you guys enjoy this one. Hope you have a safe holiday season. Merry Christmas to all you people out there that celebrate Christmas, and happy holidays to those who don't. Okay. And uh, you got anything you want to add, man? No, I, I want to say, man, uh, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all the messed up gifts <laughs> and the funny gifts. Uh, hope you have a great Christmas, and uh, again, a pleasure to do this show. It's crazy we're about to creep on two years. Yeah. Uh, crazy that our loyal, faithful partners, Beyond the Dawn, right now as we recorded, are probably in hour five or six of a marathon they're doing of you and me. Yeah, thanks to them for all the support. Thanks to everybody for all the support, really. Can you believe that? It's, it's hard to believe. It really is. Who the hell would want to listen to? I, I tweeted back saying, there will be rioting in the streets. <laughs> but no, man, seriously, appreciate all the love from everybody. Appreciate all the people that support us, that give money to us. The podcast will be coming out in 2016. We can't wait to be on the shows. I know we didn't mention everybody, but there's going to be a ton. Uh, this has been a blast. I don't know how I'm going to act not being able to record next week. <laughs> 20, 2015 was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully 2016 is as well. We got to amp it up, man. Yeah. More racism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that last this year, did I? Uh, I think we, I think we achieved the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet man, yeah. So, on the behalf of Lord Horsicles and all his minions, I want to say, everybody, peace out. Keep on laughing, bitches.